0: And on 2 R F M, Sally Lucas joins us to talk travel. Sally, you've been out there busy
1: this morning taking oh, sign-up calls. Flat out. It is our winter sign-up on 2NURFM. And we've had some lovely people ringing in, and I've had an opportunity to chat to some of them and how, saying how much they appreciate the radio station and how happy they are to donate. So that was really lovely to talk to some of these people. It was really lovely. And the support helps us to help
0: you with things like notice of emergency services, severe weather warnings, traffic updates all of that is a help that's to a new rfm's winter sign up now what about to a new rfm's travel where are we off to first sally well, is
1: it dancing i think well we can dance off anywhere we like when we're traveling can't we we just get our travel shoes on and we can dance anywhere we like so We've been a bit inundated, I think, over the um, television media lately, of course, with Canada and Alaska, um, ads coming at us left, right and centre about all the wonderful early bird deals that are out for next year. So I thought, well, it's very appropriate, seeing as we are being inundated with those, why not talk about a little bit about Canada? Anyway, I thought I'd start with. Um, to start with, Canada, the name comes from an Iroquoian word meaning uh, Kanata, which means village or settlement. And it's the second largest country on earth after Russia. So it's a huge country. As you can imagine, because of that, it is very diverse and you've got lots of different parts on offer. So it's obviously too much for me to talk about all of Canada in one session, as I said. So we're just concentrating on that western part of Canada, which I guess we're more familiar with in Australia. A lot of Australians go to Canada, love Canada, and have a close affinity with the Canadian way of life and their love of outdoors and our love of outdoors as well. So we feel very relaxed there and very at home. And Vancouver, of course, is considered one of the friendlier cities on earth, one of the greenest cities as well and it's, it's got a lot to offer but it isn't the capital of British Columbia which a lot of people think because it's the major city where you fly in etc. It's actually Victoria which is on Vancouver Island and Vancouver Island is absolutely gorgeous. It's a step back in time it's, it's very English, you can still get around in horse drawn carriages you've got cobblestone streets, you've got wonderful old buildings, you can have high tea in some of these beautiful hotels and they've got these wonderful gardens called the Butchart Gardens, which are just a joy to see both in summer and winter because they have the winter displays with all the fairy lights and everything, all the trees lit up and with the snow. You can just imagine what it would be like in winter. I haven't seen it in winter, but I have seen photos of it in winter. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, yeah, so Canada, is a, it's a, a huge population, as I said, and its population is about – oh. 90% is concentrated, just 160 ks from the US border because once you're going further north into Canada of course we've got remote areas of the Yukon, the gold mining days, etc. So talking about the diversities we've just mentioned, of course north of Vancouver you've got Whistler which is a famous ski resort. Once you're moving through British Columbia into Alberta of course you've got the wonderful Rockies and the And the national parks of Canada, of which you've got Jasper and Banff, etc., which everyone is probably familiar with. I think seen lots of photos of those areas. The mountains are made of more of a shale, so you're getting these incredible colours in the lakes too, like the Moraine Lake, which is this beautiful. Turquoise blue almost And then you've got the Malene Lake So you've got things you can do like kayaking You can do whitewater rafting You can go heli skiing You can go normal skiing You can go and see grizzly bears Which is still the largest population of the black and the grizzly bears Which you can quite often see in their natural environment um, Of course we've got polar bears Once you go as far across as Winnipeg though You've got to go north of Winnipeg to Churchill You can also see the Aurora Borealis in, in, um, Which is the Northern Lights of course in Canada as well well. Um, it's famous in Calgary for that wonderful stampede they have every year, the Calgary Stampede. Edmund is the capital of Alberta and it's got one of the hugest shopping malls in the world where you can go you know, ice skating and surfing with an artificial surf machine as well as shopping and all that sort of thing. So Canada has really got a huge lot to offer, just about everybody. And the accommodation you can have a range from doing yourself contained you can drive, you've got wonderful rail journeys through the Rockies in the domed cars with the glass top so you can just see everything and you pay for different classes of service. You can go all the way across Canada by via rail if you wish to do that and you're going across then prairies and steppes, so you go from the mountainous to the flat and then you end up on the other side of course where you've got Niagara Falls so I mean it's famous for that as well. You could go on and on and how much Canada has to offer, but basically at the moment they are promoting of course these tools that are doing the Canadian Rockies which are wonderful itineraries and they're very inclusive and you're staying at beautiful properties, you know, in the most awe-inspiring scenery with, you know, classic accommodation. And it's just a beautiful way to see Canada and, of course, Alaska by tacking on that Alaskan cruise where you go up the coast from either Seattle or Vancouver and do your inside passage. So Canada really is a spectacular place to visit and a very friendly place and a very safe place as well. But so much scenery there it's just so spectacular and I think that's what we really love about it So the scenery and the wildlife both sound very spectacular too. They do. And I mean, even things like elk and moose and, you know, all sorts of, other. they've got these wild sheep. So you can come across, once you're getting into the mountains, a whole range. Hopefully you will see. And even the bears catching the salmon, if you're lucky enough to see them Mm. in the river when the salmon are running, that would be quite a spectacular sight to see. This
0: is Talking Travel. This is the program. But we've just had a call from Bill, first off, to say that there is a storm brewing on the west side of the lake. He's at Spears Point Park at the moment. And is looking at lightning and other such things So the storms could be on the
1: way Sally, we're heading off to the UK now We have, and we haven't really talked about Britain for a while I guess with the up-and-coming royal birth I guess we should be, shouldn't we? There'll be all sorts of celebrations happening, I'm sure Once Kate and, and Will have their new little precious child um, I thought we'd talk a little bit about some free things you can do and different things and a little bit about writers and poets. And I guess maybe you've forgotten, maybe you haven't, but how many literary greats have come from Britain? Oh, a lot, Uh, And you think about it, I mean, other than Shakespeare, which everyone knows, and, of course, Stratford-on-Avon itself. It's a beautiful little village, and you can go to his house, Anne Hathaway's cottage and everything there, which is a delightful thing to do. So, you know, they're, they're listing with the Great Britain or Visit Britain website some of the things you can do if you're interested in some of these literary greats like you can go to Beatrix Potter's House of course which is in the Lakes District you can go to William Wordsworth's Dove Cottage of course which is where he wrote the poem he and his sister saw the beautiful daffodils coming and that's when he that, that coined that phrase a host of golden daffodils in one of his famous poems as well um, so yes and you, you can go to the Sherlock Holmes Museum of course in London you can go down to Bath and go to Jane Austen's museum down there um, we've mentioned Beatrix Potter, Charles Dickens, as I said, museum is in London. Canterbury Tales, they've got attractions. You can go to Dorchester and to see where Thomas Hardy um, grew up, another, of course, famous, famous author. And there, it, there is nothing quite like
0: reading a book or poems yes. or whatever from somebody who comes from that area and yes. perhaps writes about that area when you're there.
1: Well, apparently they say when you go to the... Um, William Wordsworth Cottage, there's the little diary or book is still there that when he first saw and was so blown away by that host of gold, there it is handwritten. So you know that that was the bit that got him started with that piece of poetry. So, you know, and, you know, with Beatrix Potter, of course, her beloved children's books, as we all know. Um, and of course, Baker Street is famous for Sherlock Holmes as, as well. And in Scotland, of course, you've got Robbie Burns, of course, who was the composer of "Old Lang Syne, but he, he has a museum up there as well. And he's written many other things, of course. And, of course, in more recent times, we've got J.K. Rowling, of course, where, you know, the Harry Potter series started and um, also the novelist Ian uh, Rankin, where his Rebus detective no- novels come from as well. And then you've got Wales, of course, which is a land of poetry and song with Dylan Thomas. Um, you've got the Roll Dahl Museum in Buckinghamshire, which would be a great place to take the kiss. I certainly would. So, And then there's lots of free things you can do in Britain, which I think we've mentioned before, but a long time ago, James, I thought it's worth mentioning again, not everything costs money. And if you're a little bit short on funds, but you're there and you want to do a few free things, the National Portrait Gallery is free, the Birmingham Art Gallery, the National Gallery in London, the Tate Modern. Uh, In Yorkshire there's a Sculpture Park, the Tate Britain Gallery, there's a Tate also in Liverpool, the Scottish National Gallery, just to name a few, and also in the museums you've got the British Museum, the Natural History, uh, the Victoria and Albert, the Science Um, The Museum of uh, Liverpool, the National Museum of Scotland, the Leeds City Museum, the Royal Armouries as well, and there's a National Museum in Cardiff, and all these are free. So there are always things to look at when you're thinking of travelling to Britain or any country. Look at the national website for the National Tourist Board and you will get lots of great info and lots of links and if you, it might only give you a little tidbit but it'll say look at the link to the right or the left and you can get further information you know we always say the internet is a great way to, to resource this sort of information these days because you can go to libraries and books but this is kept up to date on a regular basis so you know you're getting current information, events things that are happening now or you know in the couple of months ahead and then York I've been to York and that's a fabulous town again it's got so much there uh, you can do And wonderful cobblestone streets again And famous houses the, the winter home of Lord Fairfax Which you can visit Which is one of the finest Georgian townhouses in England Or is considered to be um, You've got a quilt museum there And you've got a, the Treasurer's House Which is named after The Treasurer of York Minster And it's built over a Roman road um, You know, so there's so many Old things you can do That we consider, you know A 150-year-old home in Australia Or building as old But you're going here And we're going back again As we've said before to things like the Roman days. Um, And when you look at Bath, that wonderful... What, what could you call it? I guess it's a building But it's called the Royal Crescent And it's that wonderful semicircle Of one of the most well-known landmarks, of course And it was built between 1767 and 1775 And houses, you know, Georgian houses and things as well there Then you've got the Poultenay Bridge Which is considered, together with the Ponte Vecchio in Florence One of the most beautiful bridges And, of course, the wonderful baths and spas And, and you've got Stonehenge nearby And there's also another field there with... A usual stones in it which they're not really sure why they were placed and when uh, more, what's it? that one called? Um, it might have been. There was another one, Jane, but I've probably lost it now. I had, did have Standing it here. Standing stones. Avebury. Anyway. Avebury, that's the yes, one. Yes, stone circle and Avebury Manor and Garden. Originally um, erected over four and a half thousand years ago, and it's the largest stone circle in the world. You know, really interesting things, and then you can explore a 15th century manor house there. So once you're travelling through Britain, and you can, again we talk about how do you get around? By car of course. I mean, road rules are basically the same. It's an English-speaking country. Or you've got rail passes, of course, national bus passes as well. So if you don't want to go on a tour and you want to feel free to explore, also have a look when you go on these websites. They nearly all have a special visit pass. Like there might be a Visit York pass or a Visit Bath pass or a Visit Britain pass or a museum pass. There's so many passes you can get these days which make it cheaper for you and you avoid the queues and the entry fees and so on. Then you can just you know use your pass to get in and explore. So lots of wonderful things you can do in Britain.
0: And that's Talking Travel for that's today. it. Thank you, Sally We'll do it again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM.